Welcome to Mindful Meeting Podcast, a weekly podcast where minds meet to empower and mold the complete family. Every week, we share stories with you focused on our spiritual, financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being and growth. And now, from the University of, well, nowhere, an expert in nothing really, but Somali tea is his specialty. Please welcome your host, King Abu. Hello and welcome to episode number five of Mindful Meeting Podcast. I'm your host, King Abu. Today we are super excited to have Assistant Turn Weir joining us back again. Um, for those of you uh, who may remember, Assistant Turn Weir is one of the first guests from episode one of season one. We all remember she dazzled us with her eloquence and her British accent. In fact, a lot of people requested for me to invite her back on the show because of her accent and uh, more importantly, the, uh, her uncanny way of telling stories. And today we are, we are pleased to announce that she has graciously accepted the invite and agreed to join the show. Um, for those of you who do not know Sister Tanweer or may not remember, let me briefly introduce her. Tanweer is the co-founder of MTO, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. And she's also the proud wife and happily married to her husband for over 20 years. And together they have three awesome kids, a toddler and two young teens. Tanweer is genuinely an emphatic person who loves to communicate and bring happiness to people. And couple that with her ability to connect and people together, MTO is just second nature to her. Uh, to to Tanweer. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Very, very honored. Um, so before we get started, I have a riddle for you. Sure. All right. Yeah. What touches, uh, what connects two people, but only touches one? What connects two people, but only touches one? Yeah. Wow. I have not heard that one before. <laughs> um. Oh, it can be love. I want that line. So what do people give each other to represent that love or commitment? Um, respect? But something would, you wear. Something you wear? Yeah, you actually have one right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> a ring? Yes, a wedding ring. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So speaking of a wedding ring, yeah. I see you have one. Yes. So can you share with us your journey? Of course, yeah. yeah. So my journey is one that's very interesting. Um, I was studying in the UK when I met my husband. Um, I was introduced to him by his mother oh. at the masjid. So she had been watching me, watching me recite and do various things and public speak at the masjid. Oh, and um, she then went and, and talked to her son about myself. And funny enough, my husband and um, my cousins were really good friends. And at the time, I was living with my aunt and with my cousins. So my cousins happened to know him really well. And so they had a great reference about him. Yeah. Um, and then it just so happened that they had arranged for us to meet one night. He had come over to our house. We met each other and we just had a really, really great 
conversation between the two of us. Um, And, you know, it was it was one of those where it wasn't a serious, serious conversation. We just had such a great laugh together that night. And um, thereafter, uh, we wanted to see each other again. And that's how our our relationship transpired. It was a very um, difficult decision in the sense that my husband and I are very different. So we're mm. literally opposites to each other. Um, <laughs> opposites you know, attract, right? <laughs> so, well, that's what they say. But so opposite that even if you were to go to a grocery store, he would go um, down one aisle and I would go up one aisle. And, and you know, there wouldn't be a chance of us meeting at all. Wow. That's how different we are in everything we do, everything we say, everything we eat. Absolutely, completely opposite. Um, so it was a difficult um, situation in the sense that I wasn't sure whether this was the right decision. Mm. Um, and honestly, through the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the relationship came to fruition. And we took that leap of faith, which I tell many of my MTO applicants today, that's very important because during a marriage, Allah himself um, puts the mawadda and the rahmah mm-hmm. in the in the couple's heart at the mm-hmm. time of the nikah. And honestly, that's what's happened to us. I wow. think it was at that point where things started to open up and we've had this beautiful journey over the last 20 years. SubhanAllah, that's incredible. Um, so last week we talked about how to find and keep love, right? And this week we're providing the platform to find that love. Um, Sister Tumir, Talk to us about MTO, the whole process, how it started and everything. Okay, great. So I was um, actually part of a group um, in England because we're we're from England originally and we've only been here a couple of years. Um, So I was part of a a matchmaking group, if you like to call it that, Mm. back home. Um, And when we moved to Southern California... I was inquiring about whether there was a platform because it's a passion of mine to be able to put two people together and bring two people in harmony to get married. Um, It is so highly looked upon in Islam to get two people together, whether that's um, a husband and a wife, two brothers, you know, any situation where you're able to reconcile two people together is so highly looked upon in Islam and the hadith and the Quranic verses for this are just so amazing. And, you know, the, the, the reward that you get for doing this kind of work. So I was looking, um, you know, I was speaking to scholars here in Southern California, the Masajids, and I found that they didn't actually have a platform Mm. where youth or single men and women are able to meet each other. Um, so this is where the idea came up from after we had run some surveys and spoken to some of the singles. They were desperately in need for some help and a platform to be organized yeah. for them. Um, so that's when Meet the One was was created and born. Um, and we're only a year old, but alhamdulillah, we have a, a good amount of, of applicants that have registered. And inshallah, we'll go through the process as to how we work. Inshallah, inshallah. Now, um, before we get to the process, do you think, in your opinion, that online dating is preferable to preferable, uh, preferable to um, in-person dating? Which one do, would you say is the most effective way to? So that's a really good question, and you know, I've been discussing this um, with various individuals as well as scholars. And, you know, I have friends who have met online um, via matchmaking, um, you know, dating mm-hmm. apps or Muslim Muslima apps and things like that, which is the more modern way of meeting. Mm-hmm. However, we do find that 
the success rate seems to be a lot lower than if you met in person or if you were introduced to somebody either by your immediate family or by trusted sources, i.e. either a a service provider or Mm -hmm. a matchmaker who brings you together in person. The problem with online dating um, is is mainly that you don't know whether the person you're speaking to is what they say, right? And and a lot of situations, so I've had friends on both both um, both ends of the spectrum. Some that have been successful a lot yeah. fewer than the ones that have been unsuccessful, unfortunately. Because, you know, you can pretty much put up any sort of image yeah. of yourself online. Yeah. And that can, can sway somebody or influence them in a way that may not be correct. That's true. And then when you meet them in person, they turn out to be completely different. And then the marriage starts to break down or yeah. the relationship starts to break down. Within that, you also have the situation where you have a lot of emotional attachment that starts to, to build while you're, while you're speaking to them online or not in person and then that's very painful when that relationship doesn't work out because now you've invested your time you've invested your energy you've started to get emotionally attached to this person and yet you haven't even met them so it's got pros and cons um but unfortunately i don't feel like it's quite there just yet got it so what is the process of mto then So Meet the One is quite a vigorous process in the sense that we vet each applicant out Mm. um, personally. So we have a team of consultants. We have seven consultants in our team today, as well as a board of advisors on top of us, which includes scholars and experienced individuals from from the field of matrimony. Um, Each consultant speaks with the applicant. We have a psychometric questionnaire that takes the applicant approximately 40 minutes to fill out. you know, we talk about who they are, uh, what they're looking for, the the kind of sports that they play, the kind of health that they, they're mm. in. You know, so we, we go into a lot of extensive details, the spirituality and many others. And then the consultant will have a video call with the applicant to make sure that they intimately connect and they know who this person is. Um, After that, obviously, we will dip into our database and see whether there is a a certain match. We will then introduce them either online or in person, hopefully more in person as things start to open up because of the pandemic. Um, And usually when we do it online, we don't actually advertise the person's name or photos in any way that they are mm. identifiable. So the the beauty <clears throat> of Meet the One is really the confidentiality aspect. We really highly value and respect each individual so that they're able to get to know each other based on their personality first okay. before, um, you know, before the looks or before they know which family they're from. Yeah. And again, this, this has pros and cons. I mean, there's some cultures who want to know who the family is, yeah. and that's fine. But on the in, on the first call, we normally ask them to just see whether there's that compatibility and they're able to connect with each other before they start to open up, you know, mm. the family details and who they are. Because people don't want necessarily their name to be out there and for people to know that they're looking. This is quite a sensitive area, mm. and the respect and confidentiality is a big factor. I see. Um, when you talk about the questionnaires, yes. so I'm thinking, um, it sounds from what you're explaining is, it's very uh, meticulously selected, I assume. Is there a, a team that you, know, you have uh, that draft up these questions for you, like maybe psychologists or something like that? Yeah. Or, 
Okay. Absolutely. So it came from a, a team of, uh, it, it's actually a psychometric test mm. um, with, with different pieces that's come together from a team of professionals. I see. So it hasn't just been, been haphazardly put together. I There's see. been a lot okay. of thought that's gone into it. You know, we're looking at emotional intelligence. We're looking at um, various psychology uh, from a psychology perspective so that we can really get to know this particular individual as best as we can. Yeah. Of course, you know, there is references to be done and the families do need to do their own research mm -hmm. before diving into, into a wedding, so to speak. Um, so we do as much as we can. We also have things like reference checks from leaders of the community. We also conduct background checks on every individual uh, before we release any data or before the couple releases any data. So we check for any sort of criminal um, criminal uh, background checks and things like that. So we have a team of attorneys as well who's, who've put this project together with us. That's awesome. So when you do these criminal background checks, is that available to the applicants? Um, it can be. Okay. It can be. We do have a system that we use. Um, not all applicants <coughs> necessarily are able to be found, found on that on that uh, piece of software. However, we do have, like I say, a team of attorneys who can further go and, and do some more checks. And if the applicant wants it, because they do pay for that check, um, they're, they're willing, you know, we're willing to give that back to the applicant. Yeah. So we spoke about compatibility earlier and obviously, or at least in my opinion, um, mutual physical attraction is falls under the umbrella of compatibility because there's a spiritual compatibility, emotional compatibility, right? So then when you, there is no way to see the person or picture of them even at least. And then they get to know each other. Maybe they start liking each other, whatever the case is. Then they see the face of that person and they're like, mm, you know, so how do you yeah. go about that? So we only advise our applicants to keep their video off for the first call. Okay. Many of them who feel that the physical is very important to mm -hmm. them um, are welcome to turn the videos on as long as I we see. have... Um, you know, we have agreement between both parties. Oh, right? okay. So they're welcome to turn their videos on. We do not send photos to each other or for that matter, any of their profile. We don't email or text okay. or any, you know, no photos are are flown around either the internet or, or WhatsApp or the web in any way or form because I feel, you know, photos don't actually do justice to a person. True. And also when you're, when you're speaking to a person either online or offline, the way they come across may be different to a still photo, right? Mm. And the attraction could be found in the way that person would either come across based on their confidence or yeah. in the way they spoke. And so we found that previously it's very easy to shut a photo down and say, mm, I don't think so. Okay. Whereas when you have a video call open or you're in person, which is even better, you then get a whole feel for how that person communicates, you know, how that person delivers a message, how they come across. And you may, there may be aspects of them that you may like and you may be able to consider them despite, you know, not being exactly to what you, you may have thought. Mm. So we're completely against sending photos. And, you know, we've run a lot of surveys and where youth have preferred not to send their photos across. Gotcha. Now, I love the name you came up with, MTO, Meet the One. I especially even like the logo more. Oh, thank so, you. So, yeah. Um, do you first, do you mind if we show it on the screen? No, please. Okay. Um, check out the logo. It's very beautiful and since neat. Um, how did you come up with it? What was the idea behind it? The logo or the yeah. name? 
Both. Okay. So the name was put out as a survey um, oh. on very, various social media sites. And uh, we had, I think we had three or four names. Um, one of them was Sweethearts. One of them was, um, you know, Tuchis, yeah. I meet the one. We had, we had a bunch, right? Um, and, and we found that a Sweethearts was something that appealed to the ladies, mm. not so much to the men. Ah. Um, whereas Meet the One was more neutral. It was pretty much, you know, it is what we say it is. You know, mm-hmm. Meet the One exactly. is pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty clear, right? So it's meettheone.org. That's the URL. Uh, as for the logo, we actually came up with a few. And then I referred back to my my teacher. You can call her my teacher or my role model back in the UK, of which I was, I was part of in the UK. So the lady who actually uh, led the matrimonial team back home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I constantly go to her for advice and just for her thoughts. She's, she's like, a, like a consultant, an advisor to me. And she actually took it upon herself to give her design team back home, back in the UK, the name and for them to come up with a logo. Oh. So she created the whole logo for me and sent it back. Nice. And I was just like so thrilled it. and impressed. <laughs> so that's where the logo came from. I love it. Yeah. I really like your logo. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So what's the demographics of the MTO? So the demographics range. I mean, it's it's a it's it's a whole array of different cultures, mm-hmm. uh, different communities, different age ranges, and you know, we we started attracting a lot of the twenty five years and over, twenty years also. We do have a few young ones, the twenty five years plus, all the way up to about forty. More recently, though, and and we welcome this very much, we've started to open up a division for the seniors. So we're mm-hmm. welcoming people who are of older age who are either divorced or widowed because we find that there is a very big um, need and demand for these individuals as well. What's the age range for that? Um, so we, maximum. I mean, you know, you can okay. be 90 years old, really? no oh, problem, okay. right? We, we would welcome Inshallah. you to yeah. apply. And inshallah, we, we we try and service you as much as we can, right? So the, the main demographics is is between, I would say, 25 to 40 still. But we do have a few in the upper range. And we are looking to continue to cater individuals uh, who are more senior. All right. There you go, guys. Um, If you are single looking for the one, she's the one for you to help you find the one, inshallah. Um. I want to know, because we all have our wives, right? That's what drives us, takes our sleep away at night for whatever our project, our passion projects are, right? Yes. What is your wife for MTO? So why? <laughs> I don't know if you've read the book from Simon Sonic. I've heard of he him. He talks about the big why. The big why, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> like, like you say, he highlights that everything else falls into place once you know what your why exactly. is, right? Because yeah. it doesn't matter where or how or which. or I mean, all of that detail gets covered once mm-hmm. your why is strong enough to drive yeah. you. Um, so my why for, for Meet the One is literally... Um, a to serve the community because there is a there is a need and you know I love to serve individuals and people um, so that that would be one of my whys but I think the biggest why is the hadith and the ayahs from the Quran that Allah has revealed about getting two people together mm. and the castles that he promises in in Jannah <laughs> right and, and that dream for me is one that I feel like inshallah well, how many castles do you want well as many as you can give me right inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> infinite <laughs> infinite exactly inshallah. So um, going back to the process of the whole uh, MTA and how it works, when two um, parties who are mutually interested in each other, yeah. um, 
Does that mean, and what happens when they have the same consultant? Okay, so the, we have a, a consultant meeting frequently, right? Okay. We started to meet in person. We have them running online. So what we do is we um, we kind of confide and we talk about um, the applicants that we have that we feel are, are you know, serious, they're looking, they're ready, mm-hmm. and they have great profiles, and we've got to know them intimately, and they're open to look. Um, so we would consult each other. Okay. Right, either in a one-to-one basis or in a team, which is what we do frequently. Um, if there's, it, it makes it a lot easier if two applicants have the same consultant, really, right? Because the consultant would know both of them really well, that, that makes sense. and so they're able to pair them up very quickly. Mm. And the way we work is because of the the cultural dimensions and the vast array of cultures that we have here in Southern California. We almost have. Uh, a consultant from all those different cultures and backgrounds. Mm. So we have a consultant from an Iraqi background, somebody from an Afghani background, somebody from a Persian background, mm. somebody from a Pakistani background, somebody from a Hoja. So we have the, a whole array, Afro-American, right? We have a whole array of consultants. And what we typically do is the applicant who um, who applies to our project, we would pair them up with a consultant who's got a similar background to themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So they would understand the, the family and the culture yes. and, and it just makes it easier. Um, so it doesn't matter whether the consultant is different or the same. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we consult each other and we ensure that we're able to pair them up together in the best possible way. Okay. So during these meetings um, and you're trying to pair these applicants together, what factors are considered when you bring these two guys together? So we, Besides, we like obviously, the culture. yeah. So we obviously have spoken to each applicant mm-hmm. in in depth, right? So we know what's the most important yeah. uh, points that they've raised, right? If they okay. say to us, for example, we we want the same culture as us, or we okay. want a hijabi lady, or mm-hmm. we want somebody to speak this language, and then we also assess the spirituality, right? Uh, if there's somebody who wants somebody, you know, somebody who's very religious, or they do certain things, we've got all that information, and then we have things like education educational background, um, you know, what sort of activities do they conduct in their life? Mm-hmm. How much family time do they spend? So it's not as simple as, okay, this is how old they are. This is how tall they are. And we feel like this is going to make a really great fit. It's it's a lot more depthy than that. Gotcha. Right. Um, so some people would argue that makes it a lot, a lot more difficult because, you know, you're literally trying to find the perfect fit, which sometimes is not always possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we don't run it so that we're literally ba- basing it just off age. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So we, we try and <clears throat> what we say is that we deliver a concierge service to our applicants. So we try and do that as much as we can. We are obviously adaptable and flexible depending on what the, you know, what the, what this era or what this particular uh, time requires us to do. So for yeah. example, when there was, when the pandemic was running, we had to make sure that everything was done online, mm-hmm. right? As soon as things started to open up, we now realize that we need to start to open up activities and yeah. events mm-hmm. of which we've already um, scheduled a lot of them six months in advance. Wow. So okay. the point is that we do need to be persistent, but we also need to be adaptable. Absolutely. I agree. And we'll get to the events in a little bit. Um, you, mashallah, have a successful story of your own marriage. I mean, Allah continue to bless you, you and your family and your marriage, inshallah. Do you have uh, similar uh, stories from meet the one successful couples 
who uh, got married as a result of MTO? Okay, that's a really great question. Um, we've only been around for a year. Okay. And because of the pandemic, it's been very difficult for people to meet. Yeah. So do we have couples who are talking Yes. Do we have people who have been speaking for months? Absolutely. Have we had a marriage, a confirmed marriage? Not just yet. Not yet. But we're hoping that, you know, as things start to open up, the families start to meet. Inshallah. And inshallah, God willing, we'll have some coming up. Yeah. So now the events. How often do you guys um, orchestrate these events? And you said six months in advance? So we've actually just had a team meeting okay. with the MTO consultants and each consultant is heading up an event a month. So oh, wow. our okay. very first event event will be Jul on July the 18th. So we're going to these botanical gardens where we're going to take a little bit of a hike. We're going to have a picnic thereafter, nice. you know, play some games. And it's just going to be a Sunday afternoon stroke evening, you know, around four o'clock. And we're just going to get together a very casual, you know, event for the youth to come from all various various cultures, communities, massages, come together and just have a great time. Oh, no sure. pressure, just get to know each other, yeah. right? And and we're going to continue to do, do these once a month. So I think next month we have a culinary arts and then we have, you know, learn to paint like Picasso. Um, we just have a whole range of very interesting. In Maharam, for example, we have a uh, discussion debate around bonfire. Oh, nice. um, so, we, you know, each consultant has come up with really great ideas and we're going to continue to do that um, for the next few months inshallah and see how that takes off mashallah so when these consultants um are i guess supervising or taking the lead with these events what is your role in that whole process then so i'm just going to ensure you know my consultants are people that i trust very much you know i can rely on them to lead and to ensure that they're there for the applicants i'll obviously be coordinating the event mm -hmm. making sure that we have all the um, you know, the marketing collateral in place, that the massages know about the event, the youths are, are welcome, greeted and felt, you know, they feel comfortable. Absolutely. And uh, they, they basically are able to to connect on this <coughs> platform, which was the original idea, actually. So the idea started off before the pandemic and just after the idea was born, the pandemic hit. <laughs> so the whole idea Irony. was to have a platform for yeah. youth to meet actually in person. It wasn't to have it online, but we adapted of because of the pandemic. Right. Um, so my role is, is obviously to, to oversee the entire process and make sure it's running smooth. Inshallah, inshallah. You spoke about the marketing strategy, right? And that's a huge deal. Um, inshallah, Mindful Meeting will do everything it can to market and promote and spread the word. Do you have any flyer we can share? Yeah, so okay. I actually do. It's just been created by the designers and they're perfect. due to be circulated this week. So inshallah, okay, I perfect. will send... Yeah, send it to us guys. Yeah. By the time this episode will be released, you said July 18th? July the 18th. Yeah, so tentatively, inshallah, this episode will be released on the 17th. Uh -huh. So we'll oh, also wow, use perfect. that Yeah, just one day before, you know, and we can spread that inshallah. Inshallah. So what do you wish uh, when you were first starting out? That you had known. <laughs> <laughs> what would I wish I had known? A few things, actually. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't think marketing has been such a challenge as such for okay. us because we seem to be getting an influx not just from the United States but also globally. So we've had many applicants from the UK, from the Middle East, uh, from So this Asia. is an international... So it is international for oh, those Marshall, who want to meet online. Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, but with the events, of course, they're local. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. Okay. 
I think the biggest challenge for us has been um, to A, find a passionate and dedicated team who are willing to put the, the time the and time. the dedication. Uh, this project is not a joke. I mean, it does require a Absolutely. lot a lot of hours each day. And it does require, um, you know, a lot of communication between the applicants, especially because we're operating as a concierge service. Mm-hmm. And we, we spend, a, you know, a long time up to an hour with each applicant to get to know them um and then obviously you've got to organize the meetups and you've got to connect them online etc so i think what i would have wanted to know is how um difficult it is to recruit a team (laughs) who's willing to dedicate that amount of time and love into the project so i think that's been one of the biggest challenges for us yeah definitely um and then on the applicant side of things um the biggest challenge is that they're requirements and their expectations from a partner <laughs> just rather tall uh, yes. and uh, <laughs> you know we become we, very picky try, yeah and i think they feel like we have an unlimited supply um that you know <laughs> we can just continue to, to send applicants through and they'll like somebody and they'll say you know you hit it on spot with education with the yeah. with the height with the you know everything but, but there's and there's always a, there's always that one factor right yeah and no matter what it it is is it always seems like um you know i think from the applicant's point it it may be a lot easier than from our perspective like there Mm. isn't an unlimited supply of good people out there unfortunately and not nobody's perfect of course right everyone has flaws and and so it's i think it's very much about trying to educate the applicants and it's almost like sometimes we run as a therapist service you know where we have to coach our applicants and, and get them to realize that you know, you've got to be a little bit more flexible. And I understand there's certain things that that are absolutely Mm -hmm. must haves, Mm -hmm. right? But there's, there's things like we've had applicants in the past who say, you know, oh, they're, they're one inch shorter than what I'd want. And therefore I'm not going to consider them. And you're thinking, come on, really? Is that really going to make a a great deal of difference to your relationship? Right. And that's what I feel like in the past when you had these marriages where, you know, you would be introduced to somebody or, you know, back in my grandparents' time, for example, they didn't even know who they were getting married to, yes. right? which I don't agree with because that's really a forced marriage. Yeah, exactly. Islam does not um, look, look that. upon that yeah, nicely. Exactly. Um, but, you know, when, when the introductions were occurring, I feel that people were a lot more... Um, I wouldn't say they they were compromising, but I feel like they were more understanding of each other. And they saw the bigger picture and they saw the personality more than they just saw the surface physical appearance. Whereas these days, I feel like it's getting a little bit more difficult. They want both. They want it all to be 10 out of 10 (laughs) when when really that is that is a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, yeah, that's unrealistic. Um, You said that you kind of somehow, you know, sometimes play the role of the therapist, right? Um, do you ever recommend books? Because I know like one of the better books that I've read is um, Spouse Selection by Ayatollah yes. Ibrahim Amini, I think. Yes, yes. Do you recommend something like that to your, up to your applicants? So we do actually upload videos on our website mm, um, okay. by, by various scholars that talk about marriage, you know, and, and how you should pick a spouse or okay. how you should... So we do upload videos frequently and we also uh, do have books that, that we will be sending out to applicants every so often. So online books and things. What about workshops or so something like do. that? Um, yeah, we have had workshops in the past okay. where we've kind of uh, you know educated our applicants. Yeah. I feel like there is a bigger need for them. We did find that the attendance wasn't so great online. Yes, so online, yeah. again, you know, we put in a lot of effort and we would get the speakers to come in. 
and then we would find that people wouldn't necessarily turn up. So, again, maybe this is something that when things start to open up and when we have our events, we can maybe start to bring some of those workshops. Inshallah. Um, You mentioned that um, sometimes getting a dedicated team who are on the same page is rather difficult um, because, you know, you're the one who has the vision. And sometimes to share that vision with other people is rather difficult. So when you keep that in mind, what's there? um, What was, I guess, your biggest failure or mistake that you made as, you know, getting this project or initiative off the ground? Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes um, my passion specifically way outweighs um, the, the the patience factor, for example. So, you know, you've got a passion, you've got a dream, and you just want to go and conquer it, yeah. right? And um, I guess one of the failures, if you'd like to call it that, is that I would... Um, often try and rush to get the team together, um. right, to get the project going. And within that, we found individuals um, or team members who may not particularly have the time or the dedication that, mm. that I would have wanted. I so I think patience is a very big one. And I think that with any project, if you're able to slow down and work through the detail, yeah. even if it takes longer to get to that goal, that's yes. probably going to be worth it because the people that you're going to take on board will be individuals who share the vision. Yes. And the vision's not that difficult to look at because, you know, they, <laughs> we all come from 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 a great um, school and a great Islamic background in which, you know, marriage and putting two people together is so highly seen upon, right? And we have lovely role models like Sayyida Fatima, for example, Lady Khadija, right, who had wonderful marriages. So the vision's not that difficult to paint. I think it's very much about the time dedication. And uh, so the passion is there. People want to do good. People want to get people together yeah. and, and form this so that they can they can get credit for their hereafter. Mm-hmm. However, um, with family commitments and life commitments, um, it is a challenge for many individuals, unfortunately. Would you, would you say that's your biggest challenge right now? In terms of in terms of the project itself, or f- having that dedicated team on board, or or what is your biggest challenge? I guess right now. Um, right now, I would say that we're we're literally trying to be able to collaborate with other organizations so that oh. we're able to um, increase the pool of our applicants. I see. Right, because what's happening at the moment is although we do have a good good range of applicants. We're trying to get the proportion between boys and girls right as well. Okay. Right? So what we found challenging uh, as a team is that the girls are very willing to uh, come on board, but for some reason the guys are shying away from this sort of really? thing. Really? Yeah. Wow. And and the other part of this is that the we're also finding that we we have extremely educated girls, you know, who have ha- who have great ambition, who have come from successful uh, educational background and and great careers at hand. Um, and the boys, unfortunately, may not be as qualified as the girls. Mm. So the whole idea be- be behind collaboration from different states and different. Uh, service providers because there is many in different areas yeah. and it's just about being able to centralize everyone to see the vision and to operate in in a similar way um i think that that would be the biggest challenge that we're trying to crack at the moment wow so um how do you keep learning and growing how do you ensure that um we talked about you know 
focusing on the project and taking it slowly and not rushing things, right? So how do you grow through that process mentally and emotionally? Yeah, so I, I conduct, you know, I come from a, a, a lot of um, psychological courses that I've taken in the mm. past, you know, new, neuro-linguistic programming, you know, a lot of personal coaching that I've conducted. Um, and therefore, I think I need to, uh, what I'm trying to do is put that into action okay. and be able to slow myself down. Um, you know, I, I run a business, I've got three kids, um, so there, I've got a passion project, I, I, I'm a student of the Arabic language, so I've got a lot of passion projects that I run, and for me it's about being able to focus on certain projects for a period of time where I can make them super successful, and um, that for me would be would be the dream. Wow, so how do you... Sounds like you you wear a multitude of hats, right? The businesswoman, the mom, the wife, and student. How do you? Where do you find the energy? How do you navigate through all of it and still keep your sanity? <laughs> I think it's a it's a gift that God has blessed women with. To be honest with you, you know, moms specifically, moms yeah. are able to multitask so much. With, oh yes, with various things, and you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Himself gives me the strength that I need to be able to conduct my days. Um, but alhamdulillah, I think you do whatever you, whatever you can in yeah. your capacity, right? And try to take it step by step. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember when I was married, um, my ex-wife would be in the kitchen cooking. She's on the phone. She's helping the boys with the homework simultaneously. Yes. When I'm on the phone, I'm like, wait, I'm on the phone right now. Just wait. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, mashallah. Multitasking. Yes, indeed. Alhamdulillah. So as we speak about children, you have three of your own, mashallah. I do. May Allah bless them and protect them. Thank you. So when you think about their future and their marriages, yes. Do you, how do you envision that? What kind of conversations do you have with yourself or maybe with your husband? Yeah, actually, it's not with myself or my husband. It's actually with the kids. Oh. Yeah, the children themselves okay. um, are very keen to know more about, you know, how to pick the right spouse. What kind of obstacles do you face in a marriage? And um, I think we've spoken about it quite openly in my household. And so they've come to, um, you know, I, pretty much every dinner table, they'll be quizzing my husband and I. Like, <laughs> you know, what was the biggest roadblock that you had to go through? Or what was the biggest wow, challenge that you had to go Allah, through? And my father-in-law lives with us. So they would go as far as speaking to their granddad about, you know, what was it that, that was a challenge for you in your marriage? So they're constantly asking these questions. And because I, I feel like we're really open with them. Yeah. They're they're starting to embrace the conversations and they're starting to really ponder over what we say. As far as what I envisage for my kids, um, I don't want to really interfere with who they decide to pick as a spouse. And mm. I think this is a really big message to go out to the parents. You know, we find often with our applicants, the parents have a different vision to what the children have when it comes to marriage. You know, the, the, the parents might want the spouse for their child to be from the same culture and the same background and the same community and the same masjid. And the child is is pretty much open to somebody who's got a great personality. Yeah. And that's it. They're not bothered about the culture yeah. or the background or any of that. Now, it's important, I feel, for the parents to listen to what the children have to say and to take their... Because we do live in a different generation. Yeah. It's, it's not like our children have to do what we did or what our parents did or what our grandparents did, right? Although you want to maintain as much of that culture... Mm -hmm. Um, from my perspective, at the end of the day, it is your child's happiness Absolutely. and you cannot force your opinion onto them. So what I would say is that, um, you know, it's it's really important 
um, and the way I envisage going back to your question for my children's marriage is that I give them that space and I welcome uh, whoever it is that they decide, you know, we've had certain conditions that the children I both agree with in, in the sense of the person's personality and to some extent, you know, the, 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 the religion that they come from, you know, so we do have some, we've had conversations and we both agree on certain aspects but other than that, I would really leave it up to them. And as long as they're happy with their spouse, I will welcome whoever it is to come into our family. Mashallah. I love that. Um, we'll go ahead and end on that note. Um, but you know how we like to close our show. So my final question. Yes. What is your message to humanity? What is my question? message to humanity? <laughs> I would say live your life in a way that in a way that you know that you're going to be going to another abode tomorrow, right? This mm. is a transient world. Yeah. And don't let the petty things stop you in your life, right? Try and see the bigger macro picture. Mm. Try and paint yourself a picture that is much longer term and much bigger than, than the little petty things on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Look at your akhirah and look at where you want to be at that point because mm. that life is forever, right? This is a transient abode. Yeah. And so you've got to look at life in that way. All right. We love that. Thank you so much. That's all for today, folks. Join us next week as we talk about the power of empowerment with Sister Anika Munshi. Until then, this is your host, King Abu, saying so long. And remember to treat each other with kindness. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Mindful Meeting Podcast. If this episode has positively affected you in any way and inspired you to continue empowering and molding the complete family, then please continue to support us by spreading the word across your social media. We'd greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review. We value your feedback. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a topic suggestion, visit our website at www.mindful-meeting.com. Oh! <laughs>